the first law of Ivanova's hair. Doesn't make any sense. Do the IMDb corner because oh, good grief. Look, do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? You and I being of firm New England stock understand yes. what it means to be emotionally bound up. This might be my adult brain. Look at you being all judgy. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. I generally want uh, less Jack the Ripper. I should probably just cut all of this. The dutiful master of horse. Brain, brain, what is brain? Oh, I'm sorry. Suck it, DS9. I'm full of tiny vorlons. Cougar for Cocoa Puffs. Don't step to me with Bionic Bigfoot, man. I think I've had enough of you. I shall sail into the west and remain Garibaldi. What's she gonna look like with a chimney on her? Episode 104, Meditations on the Abyss, in which Lanier undertakes a training mission with the Rangers, and Veer is presented with a new opportunity. Coming to you live, cowering behind a potted plant, lest Veer Koto shiv us because he's gone mad. This is the name of the pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, where we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the aforementioned program Babylon 5. It's from the 1990s. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro. What's up, things, Holmes? Things are, not much is up. Things are well. Yeah. 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 We are, uh, we're in the home ahead. stretch, aren't we? We are. We're definitely in the home stretch of this season, um, which I think makes this trilogy of episodes we've had yes here a little bit weird yes you know we the we we talked a little before we started recording you know okay yes it's good to get these kinds of character exploration things but i think we've come to expect or to when you say babylon 5 you think huge sweeping story arcs right and we don't have one of those right now so it and we're rocketing toward the end of the series, which JMS knew was the end of the series. There's not right. going to be a season six, no right. matter what. Right. So why are we spending three episodes in the middle here kind of on these character pieces? You know, why so late? Right. And, you know, when, when they're kind of burning up daylight of, of what we would expect to be a big story arc. Right, you know, and, right, and there's no big story arc, so right, yeah, it's it's just it's it's odd, right, and not bad, uh, right, right, right. That and was gonna I was gonna add that that this yeah. is not really a criticism of what we got to watch. It's it's good, right? Yeah, I, I, I think of these past three episodes. This one, uh, I think I liked this one the best. Um, Ragged Edge, Core's mother, yeah. Uh, yep. Meditations and meditations. You like this yeah. one the best? I think so. I think so because you know we got we got some we got some good Veer, we got some good Lanier, and we got some good Jakar. So yeah, you know, that's a that's a tasty little hot fudge Sunday right there. That's right. That's right. But it is it is sort of like three hot fudge Sundays, if you will, yes. all in their own uh, the all in their own sort of sort of goblets. Uh-huh. Rather than a, sort of a, a a a large banana split that that mixes things, right? Yes. The metaphor is weak, but but the point I, I, is, is I'm interested in running it into the ground. Oh yes, please let's yeah, let's no, um, yeah. uh, These episodes feel like '90s sci-fi. Yes. They feel like the X Files. They feel like uh, Sliders, Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. um, 
Earth 2, Lois and Clark, Sequest, over and over again, right? Which yeah. is to say, they're not trying to tell a, a, a kind of universal story that takes place over a hundred episodes. They're doing good episodic work. And this is good episodic work. It just doesn't feel like it fits to anything. Right. Right. And I'm sure some of the things in here will continue to play out to be important, much in the same way, same way X-Files, you could have a Monster of the Week episode, but there'd always be some little nugget in there yeah. that contributed to the larger storyline. I'm sure, you know, bringing back up the, the piece about Lanier betraying the Rangers. Yes. You know, um, Veer being appointed ambassador. Uh, right. These these are these are things I'm sure there's going to be something in the final seven or eight episodes around those. Have to be. Uh, have to be. So it's not if it's not a disposable episode by any means. Um, I just I if if we're gonna if we're gonna see some significant character development, I just wish we'd gotten it a little earlier in the season so that so that there could be more more time to play with it. Right, right. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. Okay. Um, you'll recall in our last episode that Chris came forward with some very interesting ideas about production teams uh, who might take over a Babylon 5. And one of the people that he suggested was Shonda Rhimes, mm-hmm. who I thought, that is that is insane, Okay, I have a great deal of respect for Shonda Rhimes. She's amazing. She's a good writer. Um, her stuff is not really my jam. You know, Grey's Anatomy is not really my jam. Mm-hmm. Scandal, uh, very fine show. Uh, John likes it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I how, tend to, how to get away with murder. I think is that's one right, of hers too, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I thought that is that is just cuckoo talk, right? But. The first 10 minutes of this episode, <laughs> I felt like I totally see Chris's point now. If yeah. Shonda Rhimes had done this, the whole show would have felt a bit like that. Uh-huh. And it would have been it would have been a a, a little more fun, mm-hmm. a little more cheeky, irreverent. Right. Yeah. But also, probably with more emotional depth. And I thought yeah. that's very strange that you landed on Shonda Rhimes, and then, quite literally, the next episode. There's the proof. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, she. I, I I landed on her having, not. No, I, I will admit I haven't watched many episodes of any of the shows mm-hmm. that that she had done but just kind of being aware of the kinds of shows that she makes and what people have been in generally saying about them um, and and thinking that you know wanting the you know almost a west wing kind of you know production yeah. for yeah. it yeah uh, but not but but not quite and uh, and you know, I don't think we need a West Wing in 2020, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm forgetting what year it is already yeah. here. But, um, yeah, even you know, even in this show when you have really sci-fi pieces, set pieces, yeah. uh, you know, that's only, it's only really a background 
dressing in a lot of ways. We get occasion we get the occasional very beautiful ship battle yes. or space battle. Uh, you get some weird mm, alien psychic tech kinds of things happening here and there, especially with Vorlons and, and that kind of thing. But there really wasn't anything in this episode that was so far out and sci-fi-ish that it, somebody who didn't really cut their teeth on sci-fi couldn't have made this episode. Totally. Yeah. Even uh, the stuff where they're in the, you know, they're in the, the fighters and the, the oxygen's running out, the, the kind of test that Lanier and the other, uh, the other uh, Ranger go on. That doesn't, I mean, that's, that doesn't seem too. Yeah. I mean, you, you could, tra- you, you could translate that into virtually any kind of a context, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, two, two policemen uh, whose car breaks down in the desert, right? Yeah. Trainees, yeah, was, you know. Right. Uh, you know, special, special agents that are uh, special forces uh, members that are, that are dropped in a remote mountainside. Uh, okay, right. parachute out and, you know, your contact will meet you and there's no contact and they have to kind of survive in the bitter cold of the Himalayas for you know, two days right. until they get picked back up. Right, right. Um, you know, Shonda Rhimes, uh, you know, does medical programs. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got two medical interns who are who are presented with a very complicated challenge that that pushes their 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 confidence and their skills to the very, very, very brink. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, it's no different than that. Right. 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 Yeah. There was there was really there wasn't much in this episode that uh that had I to be sci-fi. That had to be sci-fi, right? Um, and I think that's true of Babylon Five in a larger, in a larger sense. You yeah, know, you could, you know, we, we see things like modernizations of Shakespeare and whatnot, sort of taking it and and you know putting it into a different, completely right. different genre or context. Right. You know, I you could probably take Babylon Five and put it as you know pick it up and put it down as a you know a United Nations EU. Uh, some sort of you could make it into just a a political drama of some kind. Yeah, yeah. And you know, strip away all of the uh, all the 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 hard sci-fi stuff. And I think it would still I think it would still work on the strengths of its characters and its larger uh, larger concepts. Yeah, I I think I uh, that's totally persuasive to me. Um, you could you could set it in in a uh, you know a fantasy context like a game mm-hmm. of thrones you could set it in um ancient greece you could set it in uh in, you know in 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 you know the contemporary you know a contemporary um united nations context like you said i mean there's virtually any of those contexts mm-hmm. because it's ultimately about politics right right where it would work uh i'm i'm intrigued by how interesting the production teams that you that you cited, particularly again Shonda Rhimes, would would have done the Centauri Royal Palace, Cartagia, mm-hmm. all of that because con- there's all of this aristocratic game stuff mm-hmm. that I think in in the hands of someone who's got a bit more small R romantic point of view. Yeah. Um, that stuff might have really resonated even more. I thought it was pretty good, the way it was the yeah. way it was presented. But 
boy, you know, the, looking at what, what would it look like if it was transcendent, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind right. of what it would, you know, what it would look like. Um, yeah. 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 Somebody, you know, in the hands of somebody who really does a lot of kind of high pol- high political games right. in their uh, in their story design. Right. Um, yeah. Really high concept. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I, I, I raised it because this episode. Which feels very much like it isn't a Babylon 5 episode. Mm hmm. Right. In structure. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in structure, um, uh, had me had me thinking about that. What I felt was a, a total miss, right? And yet, and yet now I'm like, oh my god! Chris is like, he's got the 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 glasses of perspective on. He's seeing the real truth here, you know. I I tell you, you know, my my truths and the. The wisdom that springs from my lips will only be recognized in retrospect. I am I am so far ahead of my own time. The, well, the book of Chris will uh, will be uh, selling out you know five hundred thousand copies uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, you're yeah. you're so far up. your I mean I'm sorry. Uh, you're what, so what, far. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Huh. Hmm. In, yeah, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So now, as to you know, I mean, as, sort of as to this episode, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of it, I sort of don't, I don't really get why it's there. Okay, let me give okay. you, let me give you a couple of for instances, and 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 see if you kind of agree with me. Mm-hmm. I don't really think we needed that veer. I just need this sword for one minute. Don't worry about me. Ba 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 da ba ba. You know, I don't think we needed that. We didn't need it, but it was amusing. It was amusing, right? Um, I don't think that we needed uh, Garibaldi ordering a pizza to that- understand that he's already. Yeah. Well, well lapsed. Yeah, that bit at the end right. really did seem to be kind of just tacked on and didn't give us uh, didn't give us a lot that we didn't already have. Right. On Garibaldi. Right. Yeah. And it's very much a you know, and now for a very special scene, you know, from from yeah. any program of the 1990s dealing with yeah. dealing with addiction issues, which yeah. You know, we've 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 talked about in the past and you know there's no need record. to belabor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it just didn't that didn't that doesn't land, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the 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 business with Delen and Lanier where um like it's like it's like Delen in the 90s is the Barry Allen of the 2010s. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right? Are you are you that incapable of self-reflection? Are you that incapable of learning the tiniest shred 
of of evidence of who you are. God bless woman. Yeah. Right? I, I have in my notes here, the first thing in my notes is Delenn, why tell the truth when you have the opportunity to lie again? Exactly. You know, right? Wh- why oh not tell God. Sheridan? What no no good reason. You know, I'm just going to get something from, you know, my quarters? Did she say my... She said my quarters. My quarters, yeah. But she's living there. They're married. Yeah. But oh. she has her own quarters. Oh. So it would No, that's not half a bad idea, uh, actually. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I just... Uh, you know, folks... We, we haven't talked about it in a long time, but, uh, y- you know, I'm continuing to watch Arrowverse programs, and mm-hmm. Chris and I are, you know, in the pre-show, we'll often talk about things that we're, that we're watching or things that we're reading just to kind of keep our keep our um uh you know you know our, our ourselves fresh mm-hmm. and i just finished the seventh season of flash i'm uh, sorry the fifth season of flash mm-hmm. and you know any number of opportunities to bang my head against the wall you know barry allen honestly learn anything and none of this happens learn anything and delenn Damn is exactly the same yeah exactly right um so there's, yeah. you know, th- that and, that was ma- maddening, right? Right. And I don't think it advanced anything. Right. You know, That's the problem. Or our understanding it? of her or of Lanier, their, con- their, their whispered conversation, which, you know, my laptop doesn't have great speakers. And, you know, since I'm, I'm home today, there wasn't anybody else around, so I didn't have to put on headphones to watch this episode. Right. But instead, I had to lift my laptop up and actually hold it against my ear to be able to hear the whispered dialogue. Right. So the sound editor for that episode, uh, you know, report to my office immediately. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't get anything new about her or about Lanier there. Right. I don't think we, I don't think we necessarily got anything new about Lanier from his entire arc in this episode. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, at I least never, not in my judgment. Yeah. I, 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 I never, I never dislike having a Lanier. Agreed episode having some content i think it's good to have him there but it it felt like all right i have to do a linear story uh it's really more about this other guy right you know and and finding finding the right place for everybody's abilities and learning that kind of lesson than it is about linear which isn't the kind of thing we need at this point in the show right right you know don't don't build up this tertiary character Who we're never right. going to see. Right, right. Oh, maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe, I, uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's in you mean, know, Legend t- of the Rangers or something. Tuzalon? Tuzanor. The city he's been sent to? Mm-hmm. If memory serves, Tuzanor is going to be where the Alliance is is headquartered. Okay. Okay, so it's not... It's not. It's not it's nowhere. Not, not right? unreasonable. Right. And you know, I mean, you know what I think about this. Good on them for finally giving a place an actual name rather than calling it <laughs> Mimbar City or God knows what. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. Mimbaropolis. City. Mimbaropolis, right? Yeah. Makes me crazy. Um, that's me. I'm. I'm going to Earth Town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. So we the, get, yeah, go. Yeah. I was going to say the, the linear piece didn't do it for me as much, as much as I, as I like the content, but didn't get where it was going. The Veer piece in my head. Yes. Works better. Okay. Because, and we may get, we may get the answer on this, but 
I'm thinking that Londo placed the bug in order to kind of push Veer to a position of needing to make a stand. Okay. Maybe we'll learn that. Maybe we'll learn that. I don't know. I mean, there's certainly... We don't need an excuse for rising tensions between the Centauri and the Drazi at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Drazi and the Alliance. Right. Um, So maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, it, it... He certainly... Seemed to be, and as as Zach mentions at the end, he's he's you know acting like a proud father. Oh, you know I've right. You know, I've, I've pushed him to to this to this point of uh, where he's ready to be the ambassador now. Right. But that was fun. It was fun. Um, but again, I feel like we've seen Veer kind of get a spine before a couple Already, of times. Yeah, exactly. We didn't need we didn't need another Veer gets a spine episode. Um, as much as, again, as much as I love Veer content, this seems right. to be misplaced here. It, right. seems, it, it seems like it's not an efficient use of time at this point in the series. The whole thing feels a bit, a bit inefficient. Mm. Um, which, you know, I, I totally, I totally agree yeah. with. Um, we already know what, we already know all of these things. And if you're going to spend this much time on character, instead of plot, when you only have seven episodes to go, it seems like we ought to learn something new or see these characters interacting with characters they don't generally interact with, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Veer interacting with Captain Lockley. Who uh, again remains missing in action. MIA, right? Three three episodes in a row. Right. Um, (laughs) Somehow... Showing that Veer and Lanier, uh, you know, are are connected in you know in in mm-hmm. some way. I, I don't know. The, those scenes are always great, but right, yeah. Um, I liked Captain Montoya. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, n- nice to see a different a different kind of angle. Right, he's not so shouty, blustery like we often get with these human. Um, uh, you know, kind of one-off characters, right? Right, right. Seemed like, yeah, he seemed like the real deal. Yeah, yeah. I got, and you know, this is this is 2019. You know, looking back at you know 1998, but I I I got a certain uh, Captain Pike vibe. Yeah, off of him. You yeah. Know. So, uh, uh, you know, he he was you know he wasn't he liked to kind of play his games to put his his uh, recruits through the through the paces. But uh, he he had he had wisdom without it being saccharine. Right. He had lessons to teach and uh, and and an approach that wasn't you know strict disciplinarian. Right. Um, yeah, I liked him as I liked him a lot as a character. Yeah. You know, and naming his his white star. Okay, that's a very human thing to do. Yeah, totally. I think and I think we complained about that at some point previously. Like, how come it's white star number you know three eighty five as opposed to, well, now we get Maria. It, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, I think you could totally imagine him, uh, Richard Iniquez, mm-hmm. um, in all sorts of genre work, where yeah. his sort of tone, his sort of look, uh, you know, his his clear ability to convey command would totally work. I mean, you know, put him on, put him in Battlestar Galactica, he totally works. Sure. Put him in. 
put him in any of these Arrowverse programs, you know, he he you know he works. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and maybe even outside of genre, he just seemed to be, you know, he he was delivering a he did a great job delivering that role, kind of making it come alive in the short amount of screen time that he had. Right. Uh, I would watch a show where he was the captain of a of a training vessel. Sure. Um. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I I I enjoyed I enjoyed him. I liked that mm-hmm. you know that that yeah. business. Um, I'm I'm intrigued that Lanier was so on Findel about joining the Rangers for the right reason mm-hmm. when. <laughs> it seems virtually impossible to defend that Lanier has joined the Rangers for the right reason. Well, I mean, that's all subjective, isn't it? He well, certainly yeah. believes he's joined for the right reason. Findel believes he's joined for the right reason. Right. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. Know, sure. Well, they, they both think something that isn't true. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe if there'd been more of an opportunity for Lanier to kind of get the message there, but it didn't really seem like there was any message getting. You know, he he didn't there again no self reflection. Right. You know, when when Findel was that his name? Findel, yeah. Gets get all right. Well, you're going to go off and do this other this other job, you know, which is sort of where you're more uh, where your talents are are, are better placed. Uh, you know, think about your reasons for joining. You know, we don't get Lanier kind of going like, hmm, maybe I need to think about my own reasons here. Uh, right. You know, right. Be- because he learned from the best. He learned from Delenn. You know, run, Delenn, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I laugh, but... Come on, right? But but you laugh uncomfortably. Yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I, I laugh mindful of mm-hmm. how kind of eh, I yeah. feel about the laughing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you, the, the part of this episode that I really ate up with a spoon. Go. Was of course the Jakara content. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. And all of it. And his. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, all except for one little go, bit. Go. Eye extraction theater. I can do without that anytime <laughs> Ooh, that soon. That was gross. And I, and I yeah. have a pair of those tongs that I use I... when I have when I have like a, a plastic model or miniature that's bent, and I need to dunk it in boiling water. Oh, you know. No. So every time I look at those tongs now, I'm going to be reminded. Right. And yeah, you, so. you know that there were people in the special effects department who worked an entire day to get the squidgy sound. Of the yes. eye coming out and going back yes. in just right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, could have done without that. Yeah. Thanks. You want to bet? Um, Consulas was was late. Was uh, uh, lobbying to never have that eye replaced because now he has to wear both contact lenses. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he doesn't have to do it for too 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 much longer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, his, you know, his his protests of imposter syndrome, right? Uh, you know, and and I like the bonding with him and Stephen that totally. that that makes a huge amount of sense. And I think we talked about that, you know, last episode or a couple episodes ago, yeah. About how they've both kind of 
they've both made, I think, the greatest journey. For sure. Uh, For sure. In this show. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, natural that they would that they would have this common interest based on where they've ended up yeah. in in the spirituality. Yeah. Um, I think that that the reminder that Dr. Franklin's faith tradition is this sort of foundationist concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of a reminder to me of one of the things that I sort of regret about the way that this show has unfolded over its five year path. Because I think JMS really cares about questions of spirituality, and I give him mad props for that. Mm-hmm. But my instinct would have been to bring the Jakar, Book of Jakar storyline well forward, mm-hmm. well forward, and to give Dr. Franklin an opportunity to demonstrate that he's learned about himself while being on walkabout and has come to a new a new centeredness just like Jakar has come to a new centeredness so as to foreshadow what might happen to Garibaldi Mm -hmm. as he comes back through this this particular personal journey that he's on and I would have you know it's back to what we were talking about in the very first episodes of this show you give me 800 pages of backstory, I'll read it. I always yes. want more. And so I want more about foundationism. I'd love to see mm-hmm. more pages of the Book of Shakar. I loved mm-hmm. the the little bit about, well, what was the deal with that stain on page 83? Mm. Yeah. Right? Um, I It immediately called to mind one of the weird realities of modern gaming, which is, when Wizards of the Coast, the makers of Magic the Gathering, made the decision in the earliest days of the game to not print new sets with different card backs, mm-hmm. and given the nature of the game, they basically have, have forced themselves into a place where they have to continue to use... Uh, extremely now old-fashioned looking yeah. card art. Yeah. Right? A lo- and and the cards have the word Deckmaster on them, mm-hmm. which they don't haven't used that term for 20, yeah. 25 years. I mean, they used yeah. it for like six weeks and stopped, right? Right. But because, you know, you you're not supposed to know what cards your opponent has in their hand or what's on right. top of the deck. Right. They all have to look the same on the back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the the notion that you re- reprint all religious books as they as they are. Nice little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and and I think we we saw enough in some of the coursework in medieval manuscripts that we did yes. back in graduate school to know how often you know, a, a slip of a pen or maybe an artistic little like rabbit murdering someone in a, in a margin was, <laughs> right, right. was was interpreted to be important or of significance and was copied and copied and copied and you know in, so that in some cases you know the meaning was lost or right. confused you know by repeated copyist 
uh, um, I lost the word, um, fidelity. Right. To the original. Right, right. So, so yeah, that, that certainly rung home with me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's hard to tell as Jakar is giving his answers, his Q&A session, you know, is, is he, all of his followers certainly seem like he's just spouting this, this wisdom. And that felt culty. Yes. They go, oh, yes. Oh, anything you say. Yeah. You know, is, is he just, is he speaking from just kind of from his own experience and understanding about things? Or is he just kind of making up stuff as he goes along and hoping that nobody calls him out? Oh, B. I definitely think so. B, right? He doesn't think he's any kind of font of wisdom. No, which is why he has that, that sort of bemused look on his face all the time when he's answering these questions, right? Mm -hmm. His followers want to treat him like a cult leader, Mm -hmm. but he's not having it. He doesn't act like one. Right. I, I, I think he barely believes half of what he says. Right? But he's doing, yeah. he's doing, you know, it's all about duty again, right? Right. Okay, I have right. to do this because this is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it. And in trying to do it properly, not lead my people astray. Yeah. Okay, that resonates for yeah, me. Yeah, it does. It does. But I wonder if... If he's coming from that position where he's uh, just kind of speaking off the cuff all the time, and and it's not coming from a, a uh, you know, a, well, yes, it's coming from his his collected uh, central ethos, but if it's not all coming from a common place, you know, is there, are there going to start to be conflicting messages, and is that going to be setting you know his his followers, oh well, you know, here he said this, and then he said that, and that's we've now we've got, we've got strife within the followers right. and and division and you know councils of Nicaea left and right, right you know, trying right. to settle off these decisions. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's where you get in trouble as a religious leader. You know, you don't have every you don't have all the T's crossed and I's dotted from day one. Right, and and we'll see. And you can learn more about this in the book of Chris, which uh, which I will be publishing, or the pod of Chris, uh, where I'll be oh. spouting my eternal wisdom. Oh, don't 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 have oh. that look on your face. No, oh no, I've got Gowron eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have Gowron eyes at the moment. Where is this what? book of Chris? <laughs> well, I'm going to pivot out of this uncomfortable moment. Yes, please, uh, and and turn quickly to. IMDb Corner. IMDb Corner. Good it's grief. been a while. Really? Yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now, now, John, you've mentioned this on I think on the pod a couple of times. Go. You have a project that you're undergoing uh, of watching uh, superhero films, correct? That is true. Yeah, and you've you chronologically. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you so and you're you're up to sort of the modern era. Right. Uh, basically, we're done, yeah. and now I'm backfilling things. That I didn't realize okay. I should have caught in the first pass. Okay. Did did you watch, and I'm curious about your rating of this film, if you no. have watched, the 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four <laughs> film? <laughs> I have not watched this film because I did not think it was available. Uh-huh. So because I don't know I if d- it is. Yeah. I, I mean... I, 
everything's available. It's the internet. It's the year 2020. But. Uh, yeah, I, I frankly, I, I didn't even think about it. I know it exists. Yes. In some kind of nebulous form. Yes. But I did not think that it, strictly speaking, was watchable. Uh, well, I think it's well, not it watchable not in any watchable, number right? of, of <laughs> meanings of the word, from my understanding of the film. Uh, well, okay. I'm uh, looking at. Uh, yeah. Carl oh, no, Carfalio, uh, who plays the Drazi vendor. Okay. That, that who, Lanier go, uh, who Veer goes after with the yes. sword, uh, was the thing. In oh my God. Roger wow. Corman's uh, Fantastic Four wow. uh, film, uh, and he was in—he's been in a ton of things. He was in—he uh, uh, was in Fight Club. He was in uh, Beastmaster Two through the Portal of Time. Rock on! Uh, yeah, he was in Mega Python versus Gatoroid. <laughs> uh, Return to the Bat Cave, the Adam West and Burt Ward film, uh, t- made for TV film. Would, would, um, would you say that previous film again? Uh, was that a Mega Python versus Gatoroid? Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. just I want to okay. make sure that I've got that written down. Yeah, have, make sure it's entered into the record. Yeah, uh, uh, he's also been in uh, an episode of Golden Girls. Okay, and an episode of Misfits of Science. Misfits of Science. So, so, so this guy's got a, got a, a CV going back Rock. to the day. Oh my and, god! And and that's only his acting stuff. He is primarily a, uh, a stuntman. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And continues, I believe, to this day, uh, doing, uh, yeah, at the age of sixty-six, I think he's still doing stunts. Good for him. Uh, yes, yes, he was in. He did stunts in Westworld uh, recently, and there's another. There's a show, a 2019 show that he uh, uh, he did. Yeah. So, lot, tons and tons of stuff. Stunts in Sharknado. Um, yeah. yeah. All over the place. And he's going to come back up in third space as well. So we'll see. We'll get to see him again. Nice. Uh, who knows what kind of makeup he'll be under? But I, um, I couldn't. I couldn't let a a, a role like uh, like Roger Corman's Fantastic Four go by without uh, without mention. Hell no. Um, Mega Python versus Gatoroid is mm-hmm. uh, in that genre of uh, monster films. That sci-fi was making in the early 2010s, starring Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. Uh-huh. That, uh... uh I, I think you'll find it's Deborah. I think you'll find it's Debbie. Oh, has she gone back to Debbie? Of course. Okay. Well, look, I'm sorry. I, mean, you know, I, I, I should know better than to challenge you on Debbie Gibson. On matters of Debbie Gibson. Yes. Thank you very yes. much. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the king of electric youth himself. Oh, yeah. God, what a great album. Yeah. I love Debbie Gibson. I'm not going to, I I will never. Uh, this is me turning and slowly looking into the camera. Yeah, I'll never shy from it. She's great. <laughs> she she rules. Um, she's a much better pop singer than, frankly, uh, you know, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah, really yeah. know that we need more of that from her, but there it is, you fair, know. Fair, fair. Um, an excellent IMDb corner, sir. Good. Yeah. And, you know, the only other question I have about this episode, and Go. I think we can, if we don't have anything else, we can. What is up with Garibaldi's carpet? I thought the same thing. What a at first, yeah. At first, I thought he had like papers strewn. Correct, everywhere. correct. And I was looking for like the red string connecting things. It looked like they were redacted papers. Right. Uh, so yeah, what is up with that carpet, and where do I get it? Is my is my really 
larger question. It was here. very strange looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, not even sort of a '90s way. Like, did that carpet oh. come beam in from the 2050s or something? Yeah. Right. I'm gonna have to. I may have to go back and watch the. Um, uh, was it the Day of the Dead to see? Because I think that's where we see his quarters the most. Yes. And see if if that same carpet was in there in that. I guess I didn't notice it. But I guess he wasn't lying on the floor in that episode, so it was maybe harder to see. But you would be able now to go back and just um, and just have a look at the set direction. Uh, or set, right. um, the, see if the set... Yeah, set design. decoration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, hmm. yeah interesting. Yeah. Um, well. And there we go. Yeah, that, there it is. And that uh, that brings us to the end of another exciting adventure of Chris and John in Babylon 5-ville. Uh, please uh, let us know, you know what, you, what you think about Garibaldi's carpet. <laughs> um, <and laughs> the words I never thought I would say out loud. Oh, my word. Uh, and uh, on Facebook, uh, Gmail, the whole thing. Um, I think probably we need to get out of here before I go on another tangent. I, I am pretty sure I never thought the sentence... Uh, Please, please share it with us what your thoughts are on Garibaldi's carpet. Whatever, <laughs> whatever well, grace this podcast does it match the drapes? Does it match the? Never mind. Until I'll... next time, folks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>